Hi there, Megan Thompson with Megan Thompson Coaching, and today we're going to speak all about what to do when your sensitive child or teen tells you that they hate you. Uh, they might say, I hate you, you don't love me, life would be better off without me, um, you know, this is the worst day ever. If this is a statement that you hear with, from your child, make sure that you stick around no matter how frequently that happens, okay? We're gonna cover that today and what you need to do about it and what to avoid, which is really, really important. Hello, and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children? Stop walking on eggshells and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you wanna know the answer, you're in the right place. So what do we do here at MTC? How do I know what we're talking about over the last decade plus, myself, my team members, We have all been working with the highly sensitive population in eliminating the meltdown cycle. And now at this point through MTC, we have helped hundreds of families eliminate the daily meltdown cycle with a 98.9% success rate. That success rate is based on the families that actually do the work that we tell them to do. So we have a 1.1% um, yeah, I had to double check my math in my head <laughs> uh, families who just don't get started um, or who aren't a fit uh, when we thought they were. And so when we think about that, uh, what that means is that what we do works. What we do works for the people that we say it's going to work for. Um, and what I mean by that is that those families all eliminate the daily meltdown cycle. They get out of the pattern of their child being a ticking time ball, bomb uh, on a daily basis, their teen being a, a, a shutdown um, robot and, and checked out of life on a daily basis. And that is completely freeing um, for families that we work with. And, and so we know what we're talking about here when we hear families share with us that their child says that they hate them. And this could be your two, you know, your five, your four-year-old, your six-year-old, um, your nine-year-old, your 14-year-old and, and, and older teenager. So age is, is um, irrelevant to this statement. And I really wanna make sure that that's clear um, because it doesn't matter what, what age your child is, um, is saying a statement like that. It's important to take it seriously and I'll help you understand what to take seriously about how your child is, is feeling and what's driving this behavior. Um, and then what, what is bunk? What you're hearing, what you might have told yourself, what other people might have told you um, that is completely myth and not based in not only in research on highly sensitive kids, kids who feel big feelings, notice small details, can be easily overstimulated and emotionally reactive. And, and um, these are the kids that we're talking about. And, and so when we think about your child and how they fit those criteria and that component, um, those components, uh, you've probably caught a previous show of mine uh, to make sure that you're in the right place. So we won't be covering that so much here, aside from in the context of this particular issue, which is the fact that, that when your child says, I hate you, it is heartbreaking. Um, to, to hear uh, a six-year-old or a nine-year-old or, or an older or younger child say, you're the worst, this is the worst day ever, 
when they are experiencing that big, deep, negative emotion of whatever it is, anger, frustration, sadness, disappointment, hurt, you name it, um, that hurts as a parent, right? Obviously. Uh, it doesn't feel good. And your mind can go a mile a minute at that point. Um, they're telling, you know, this is a lie. Um, that can't be true, right? You can go straight into defensiveness. Um, and, and whether you share that with your child or not uh, depends on um, how heightened your own reaction is and, and whether you think it's going to help. Um, and we'll cover that in, in, in terms of the do's and don'ts today. Um, or you could spin into your own shame spiral if you're highly sensitive or even if you're not highly sensitive as a parent. Uh, when you hear that from your child, your mind can go a mile a minute into how did we get here? I can't believe that I've been, I've been trying to help my kid and now they feel like I hate them. Um, and and this, is, uh, this can be related to any kind of situation. It could be when you set a limit, say that you know, screen time's over. It could be when you say they need to come in um, from, from playing with their friends outside and it's time to do you know, homework or, or nighttime routine. Uh, it could be that you're asking them to eat something that they don't want to eat uh, at the table and, and you, you won't be making them a second meal. Um, it, it could be anything related to that or simply just that um, you said the wrong thing at the wrong time in their mind, uh, which can be extremely puzzling for you as a parent because um, you might have just brought something up that you were curious about in your child's life and they weren't ready to hear it or they uh, were thinking about do it, talking about something else and, uh, and then all of a sudden, zero to 60, your child is accusing you of creating pain for them and, um, and, and being disinterested in them so much so that you hate your own kid. Um, and, and they might say you hate them and, and then obviously they would say I hate you, which is the, op the, you know, the other side of this coin. Um, where a child is, is, your child is saying to you um, that, that your relationship is, is burnt. And uh, that hurts, that hurts so bad. And um, when we think about what to do about it, right, um, it's important to understand first that, that, that you don't dismiss that emotional experience you're having. Um, child. Um, doing the best you can with the skills you have and that is an automatic defense that your mind is telling you to keep you safe, right? Because what parent wants to um, truly wholeheartedly believe and hear uh, that their kid doesn't have faith in the relationship so much so that there's hatred there. Um, it makes perfect sense that you would want to defend your parenting decisions um, and defend your relationship with your kid by calling up other opposite experiences. Um, but you, what that does is it, is it puts a butt in the middle of your child's feelings and it totally discounts the fact that in that moment when your child is feeling hatred, they are feeling out of control in their emotions. And those words, while not all-encompassing for their entire life's experience, that part's relevant. Um, in that moment, they are all-encompassing for their emotional experience. And your child is overwhelmed by that feeling. They are, they are overwhelmed by the emotion driving the words coming out of their mouth, which is the behavior that you're seeing in front of you. But what they're trying to communicate with you cannot be dismissed. It's incredibly important. And um, any belief that uh, your child is doing this to get a rise out of you or to get attention 
actually puts your child in a position to be older than they are. Um, what you're expecting is that your child understands cause and effect in that, in that experience. Um, you know, if my child says, I hate me, they understand that that cause will affect me to, to, um, to feel a certain way. So cause and effect, right, the scientific principles of, um, you know, you push a, push a rock down a hill and it'll fall, it'll, it'll roll. Um, the understanding of cause and effect requires your child to have a frontal lobe. And um, that part of the brain is not fully developed until your child is 25. So if you have a six-year-old, you are literally trying to add 19 years chronologically to your kid when you're making that drawing that conclusion. And so that is not effective. Uh, it's scientifically disproven. So um, it's important for you to notice that the front part of the brain um, that, that includes the understanding of cause and effect on a regular basis um, and, and, and making calculated decisions uh, would require your child to be 25. And they are not. <laughs> uh, because you wouldn't be listening to me so much. Uh, we, we don't have much of an audience uh, in, for parents of, of young adults. So um, I know for sure that if you have a child under the age of 18 um, that, and you're hearing me and your kid is saying, I hate you, it's incredibly important that you dismiss the false belief that your kid is doing this to hurt you. Um, and, and obviously that takes a lot of work because that can be um, pretty ingrained belief and um, you know, when we coach our, our clients, this is something that they need help wrapping around because it's not just a thought that you can like flick out of your head. Um, there's a lot of emotional ties to that. And we provide that mindset support because it's so critically important to, to really truly um, change the way that you're thinking uh, when you support your, your highly sensitive child. And, and so I'm not here to tell you that that's gonna be easy, uh, but it can certainly be much simpler to parent your kid when you're not jumping the, to those conclusions. And so the, the piece around uh, where we need to, to go to next, if, if we've certainly debunked your belief that they're doing this for attention um, or that they don't mean it, which is another one I wanna cover, um, your child is in pain, right? I just mentioned that that pain is so inflamed that they are willing to, and, and this is more of a subconscious experience, but that they are willing to put themselves in a position to damage the, their relationship with their parents. Um, that's self-sabotage, guys, uh, because a, a child is not self-sufficient. Humans are, are one of the few species um, that, that birth completely helpless beings, and um, children uh, don't become independent and self-sufficient for many, many years in the human population, right? And so your child needs you, and, and yet to push you away at this level um, means they must be in some pretty significant pain. And that has to be, um, that has to be acknowledged. And I'm not here to tell you um, because I just have a, a willy-nilly idea about this. You know, being a therapist for over a decade, working directly with highly sensitive kids in my office, as well as coaching uh, my many clinicians in my private practice, and then obviously coaching hundreds of families around the world at this point, um, through this business, through the coaching company, and through our programming here, uh, this is something that we know for sure. Highly sensitive kids stuck in the meltdown cycle, um, which is daily, every other day, multiple times a week, et cetera, are in pain. That level of out of control uh, experience you have in your body, nobody wants that. Think about it. When you lose your mind, <laughs> uh, you know, you have a no good, very bad day, right? Horrible, no good, very bad day, whatever the title of that uh, children's book, if you had that growing up with me, I did. Um, you're going to lose your mind on a day like that, okay? 
And if you're stuck in the meltdown cycle, that might be every other day, because if your kiddo is struggling so much, you, you're likely struggling that much too. Um, and, and you can say things that you don't mean, right? Um, but does it mean that your emotional experience driving that intensity is fake? No, <laughs> no. So we have to acknowledge that your child, when they say, I hate you, or you hate me, or I don't love you, or you don't love me, or it's the worst day ever, or life would be better off without me, that they are in pain. And sure, of course, because they're stuck in the meltdown cycle, your highly sensitive child does not have the skills to communicate that effectively. But that does not mean that they are making this up, pretending, inflaming, exaggerating, for all the reasons that I mentioned earlier, okay? So it's incredibly important that that is um, sinking in for you, that you have conversations with us about that, um, that, you're, that you're clear about that because we, you know, we've done multiple shows on understanding the fact that highly sensitive kids are not manipulative. Um, they might not act on their empathy because they're overwhelmed by their own emotions, but they are more empathetic than the rest of the population. And, uh, and that's something that we can make sure that you have clarity on uh, based on our other resources we've produced over the years. Um, and, and so we're, we won't dive further into that, but in order to be highly sensitive, you have to be empathetic. So um, you can't <laughs> be a sociopath and be highly sensitive. Um, you can certainly demonstrate um, signs of, of egocentrism, right? For, you know, thinking that the world revolves around you. Um, but that's what people do when they are stressed out to the point where they can't think about other people. That's a survival mechanism. And, this, and the highly sensitive child stuck in the meltdown cycle is in survival, okay? Um, life is scary for them because they don't have the skills to manage their own emotions. And so for your child saying this to you, you need to understand that this is what's going on for your kid. And it has to be addressed immediately because highly sensitive kids who believe that their caregiver, they're, they're the one who, who loved them and brought them into the family um, is, is disconnected and dislikes them or they dislike that, uh, you so much so that there's a, a pretty clear rupture in your relationship, that is, a, that is a very devastating life to be living, no matter how old you are. And um, it's critically important that you address it now because, and I know you're, you're working on that because you wouldn't be listening to me if, um, if you felt like that you were living your best life ever. You know, this is this is a, a, a uh, this isn't a mediocre mediocre life. This is a painful life that your child is living, and so it's incredibly important to break out of that pattern as soon as possible. So, when um, when we think about this, it, it's important to understand. Maybe you already have the clarity. Your child's in a lot of pain, and um, with that being said, it's incredibly important that you don't jump to the other conclusion, which is that your kid is telling you how they really feel. Um, because like I just mentioned, your child needs better skills um, and, and that's, uh, that's very important. They need better skills to effectively share with you what's really going on because that explosive um, experience of, of using that verbal aggression is not um, their true self. Um, it's really important that you notice that the highly sensitive child in a meltdown cycle, um, the meltdown cycle behavior is not part of your kid's personality and it is not a skill set that you want your kid to keep perpetuating. But explosions will continue 
um, implosions will continue. They might flip-flop depending on uh, your child's age and, and how they develop, uh, but they will continue into adulthood and your, your child will suffer considerably uh, without, these, without these skills. Now, highly sensitive people in general, not everybody who's highly sensitive is stuck in the meltdown cycle. I'm talking to you whose child is having daily meltdowns, daily outbursts, multiple times a day outbursts or meltdowns, multiple times a week meltdowns or outbursts. That is a specific subset of the 20% of the population that's highly sensitive. You are who I'm talking to. Your child, not all highly sensitive children, your child is stuck and your child has a much higher susceptibility of developing suicidal thoughts, chronic self-harm, and risky behaviors. Let's just put two and two together, okay? Um, if you believe that nobody, including your, your, um, your caregivers, are, are, you know, that those relationships aren't secure, that they aren't safe, um, that they, that, and you don't feel like you can be safe in your own mind and heart and body, then it, your odds of engaging in behaviors like drugs, you know, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, um, hurting yourself, hurting other people, thinking that life would be better off without you and acting upon it, all of those behaviors help you escape emotions, right? And so when we think about people who develop those behaviors, highly sensitive people stuck in the meltdown cycle are feeling the feelings that drive those behaviors on a daily basis. So your kid might be six and not attempting to hurt themselves on purpose um, or devising a plan, but by the time they're 16 without shifting this behavior early, that is a really significant risk you need to be addressing. Um, and, and you'll be addressing it now or you'll be addressing it way worse later. And then I have, I have zero um, doubt that that will be relevant for you. Highly sensitive children do not grow out of this behavior. Why? Because highly sensitive kids who are stuck in the meltdown cycle are living in an invalidating environment, whether you know it or not. And this is what we're talking about with those beliefs that are not helping you. Um, you're either believing your, your child's statements so much so that that's keeping you stuck as a parent your own, in your own shame and therefore it's difficult to find a way to help your child break out of their own emotions because they're overwhelming for you, or you dismiss them and that's invalidating too. So they're either scary for you as a parent and, and, and again, there's no judgment there. It's, it's really hard to, to deal with uh, without support and without a plan. Uh, and, and that just keeps it going for your kid and, and your kid just um, learns through, um, through, through that experience that they are, um, that you don't get it. And then, um, or, or that they are scary and they, they learn to, to stuff their feelings because uh, mommy or daddy can't handle it. And then um, the other way around is mommy and daddy don't get it and mommy and daddy think I'm um, too much or a burden, and so they stuff their feelings for that reason. And, and everybody who stuffs their feelings implodes or explodes. Your child's already doing that. So to think that that would be something they would grow out of um, is, is just uh, illogical. So when we think about the meltdown cycle, it's really important to understand that statements like, I hate you, you hate me, um, they are part of the symptoms of this meltdown cycle. They are not the cause. And so we don't need to address them head on by playing whack-a-mole um, because the behavior might change. What we need to do is address the problem from, um, from the deeper level of that relationship and that trust that I was just speaking about. So we can't swing to the either end of the pendulum um, and, and thinking that your kid doesn't hate you or thinking your kid does hate you 
neither of those thought tracks or 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 you know uh, uh, hypotheses are going to lead you to an effective solution. Um, the next thing that you need to observe is that your child, what your child does hate, and what your child does hate is feeling out of control on a daily or multiple times a week basis. That is miserable life to live, and no one was put on this earth to be miserable. And I'm sure you can relate to that, right? Because when you, whenever you've experienced big emotions yourself, um, you don't feel good. You don't feel good about your behavior. You don't feel good about your relationships. Um, you might discount important relationships yourself, right? So why are we telling our, our you know, invalidating our children and, and, or saying to our, our kids, um, you don't really get the gravity of what those thoughts are, uh, mean. So you must not be feeling like that because you don't really understand what that really means. Is that fair to your kid? Is that fair? I don't think so. Uh, we need to we need to understand um, the the child brain capacity um, that they are, that your child is is capable of feeling that level of pain, um, especially if it's getting to the point where your child is saying things like "I wish that I were dead" or "Life would be better off without me," and and that's the conclusion they're drawing when after they believe that you hate them. Um, because highly sensitive kids and kids alike, CDC has ha has uh, research to back this up. Um, children who speak about death know more about death than their adult uh, family members think they do, and um, and and that's really important. And and if you need more, I've done myths on suicide um, before, uh, and as a mental health expert in in suicidal um, prevention for for highly sensitive teens. Um, this is something that I can speak pretty clearly about for you, and, and I've done a show on that. So if you need that resource, go ahead and reach out to our team. We'll get it for you. Um, and, and with that being said, uh, it's critically important that you notice uh, that there are th particular things that need to be addressed when we're preventing suicidal behavior. And that is MTC's mission, is to eliminate suicidal thoughts and actions for highly sensitive people around the world by eliminating the meltdown cycle and the shutdown cycle for sensitive kids and teens around the world before it gets to the point where, um, where, where they're wanting to die and, and taking action on it. And um, that's incredibly important because that level of impulsivity for a teenager um, to, to take that action, um, is, it, it starts way earlier uh, than, uh, than you think. Uh, which is why we address it. We're not here to scare you. We're here to tell you that this is very serious and you need to take it seriously. Um, there's, there's no reason um, to inflame that pain. All we do is, is call attention to the fact of the pain that you're trying to dismiss in your own, in your own life. And we say this because we've been dealing with this. Uh, as adults, many of the family members of uh, my teammates here at MTC, my colleagues, um, are the coaches that I have on the team, we've all experienced family members who have dealt with this level of pain. Um, suicidal thoughts and actions, attempts, uh, risky behaviors, severe mental health illness, illnesses to include severe eating disorders uh, where life was threatened, um, so uh, substance abuse, etc. Um, death by substance abuse, death by suicide. And um, that's not just me who, who have experienced those, those experiences. Uh, and so when I speak from, um, I speak for the team in our expertise uh, of, of watching this happen to families around the world and watching this happen to our own families. And we're here to speak the truth about that, um, even if it's hard for you to hear, because we're not here to sugarcoat it, and we're not here to, to play into your beliefs uh, that everything's gonna be sugar plums and rainbows when you're in this level of, of intensity in your own home. So what actually 
addresses the problem, right? Because you've been listening to me because you're a fixer, right? You are a problem solver. And um, if you're like me, you highly value efficiency, right? And there's a reason why what we do doesn't need to take that long. It's eight weeks for you to learn everything you need to do, for you to get started on implementing everything you need to do and to see pretty stark results, um, stark positive results when doing that work. And, um, and so let's get on with it, right? What actually is relevant? You need a strategy, okay? We're talking about a subset of a subset of people. And um, you're raising a subset of subset of, 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 a, of a human being population. And that requires specialty, specific strategy that supports you in breaking out of believing that your kid is not capable, breaking out of believing the things that I just pointed out today, um, the false beliefs that, that are ingrained and automatic for you. Um, me just telling you to think something different is not going to work just like it doesn't work for your kid at home when you say everything's going to be fine, sweetheart. Do they believe that? No. No, they don't. You have to sh take the, the shift and, and um, take the reins of how your child changes their mind and changes their certainty that life can be better with them in it. Uh, they can live an awesome life and, um, and that's not going to work if you're just there to convince them, to point out all the awesome parts of their life. Your child needs to believe it from their heart and, um, and that takes work. You need to be able to shift your dynamic in your family to be more positive and focused on play and communicative in a way that helps your child stay focused on the outcomes you need them to complete, whether that be uh, homework or getting to school on time or keeping hands off brothers and sisters or um, you know, turning the phone in and going to bed reg regularly and, t and brushing their teeth and, and you know, washing their bodies and, and um, you know, doing that after um, you know, for many years and then you're dealing with preteens who are just like, I don't care if I smell because it's irrelevant to me. <laughs> um, that, that behavior can come back, right? Um, for those of you who, who are parenting preteens or even nine-year-olds at this point, um, you know what I'm talking about. And then um, teaching your, your teens how to engage in, in safe social relationships that allow them to uh, reach out, right? Rather than just stay stuck in their room and um, have a hard time getting out of bed on a, on a daily basis. And that, um, that shift of being able to do that without um, trying to drag them to appointments to tell a stranger about it is, is something that you are capable of doing. And it, actually it is um, more supported in the research for highly sensitive kids that you as the parent are the change agent for your child. Um, and then this is why what we do here at MTC is different than what you might think is, is relevant or what a professional might tell you uh, will work. And um, sure, it works for non-highly sensitive kids. Therapy for children works for really well for non-highly sensitive kids um, in terms of dropping your kiddo off at an appointment and then just getting some tips and tricks on, on how to change uh, the way you say things or how to, how to set uh, parameters or up for your kid for success. Um, but you need a much more um, systematic approach that takes your child's needs and behavior presentation into mind when we think about shifting out of this for a highly sensitive child stuck in the meltdown cycle. This is an extra level of um, intensity that we're talking about here. So simple answers and quick fixes uh, do not work and they often will backfire. So when we think about being able to do that, playful um, communication, playful limit setting is just uh, a piece of the puzzle. You need to be able to do this in a way that doesn't have your, your child thinking that everything needs to be fixed all at once. And um, for you as a parent, that requires a heck of a lot of patience, but also requires a lot of direction, right? Um, direction from experts. And, and, and I say this because um, 
when, when your child is not getting ready in the morning and um, they're also not keeping their hands to themselves and they're also running away from, um, from responsibilities, literally um, hiding up in their room um, or just shutting down in front of you to the point where you're like, knock, 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 who's there? Um, or, you know, eyes on me, I can't see you, I can't hear, like, do you hear me? Um, and this may or may not be with, with a screen um, in front of them. All of that, um, those, are, those are pretty high priorities, right? And you need to know how to categorize them and how to tackle them, not just one by one, but, but um, notice which ones can actually be, be um, tackled by addressing the, the bigger ones. And that obviously is kid and family specific. And um, that's why we do the phone calls with family. So um, you need to book a call with our team. That's the other piece that, that is incredibly important in terms of shifting out of this meltdown cycle. Um, you can't be just correcting your kid's behavior without shifting out of giving them um, connection and knowing for sure that what they're doing is working and um, that they're not that they're not sabotaging themselves by um, but you know when you see behaviors that, that you hadn't seen before it's pretty quick without understanding the the meltdown cycle to jump to the conclusion that the behavior is getting worse when in fact it's getting better and um, that's really important to to understand as a parent and um, you're going to need expert advice for that. And so when I think about what, what, uh, what's necessary for this, we need to be able to understand where you're stuck, right? If you've been trying to figure this out um, for days, weeks, months, years, uh, now's the time. Um, the, you, know, you only make decisions in, in today. Um, we don't make decisions tomorrow. We don't make decisions three weeks from now. The only time we ever make a decision to take action is in today. And... Um, and in and, and noticing that, then there's no reason to wait uh, to keep listening, to keep watching, to keep doing anything else other than changing uh, the family dynamic that you're experiencing such deep pain in um, because your child's in pain and they're stuck. And um, we, you know, we, we support you in, in figuring out whether or not what we do is going to work for you. I don't know that uh, by, by just hearing a message on, um, you know, on any of our platforms, comments on, on YouTube videos or um, you know, feedback on, on our Facebook page, whatever, um, that is not enough context. We need to have an uh, a conversation with you to understand whether or not what we do works and, and we'll tell you all about it if it's relevant um, for your family. But if it's not, if, if where you're stuck and where you want to go is something that doesn't match with what we do in our specialty, um, myself, my team are highly trained in helping you understand what's next and um, what steps you need to take in order to break out of that pattern. Because the families who get on our phone, uh, most of them are, are relevant um, for what we do, but not everybody. And um, you know, I, I can't answer that question in, in this platform. We have to have a clear conversation about it. And um, if you are a fit uh, and, and you can break out of that pattern, then I want you to start to observe uh, what's available for you. What's available for you is being able to know exactly what to say so that when you thought your kid was gonna have a meltdown, they didn't actually do it because you shifted your language and you changed your demeanor and um, you slowed down in a different way than before when you were walking on eggshells and you were trying to tiptoe around the subject. And, um, and that process can be shifted quickly. Um, and, and when we think about that, uh, I want you to focus on that. Notice that that possibility is something that makes no sense to wait for. All right, so go ahead and, and book a call with our team. Go to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash talk or meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash teen talk if you have a teenager who is um, 14 and up, high school age and up, all right? So if they're 14 in eighth grade, 
do um, do the, the other link, megantomsoncoaching.com backslash talk. All right, guys, um, we are happy to serve you. Again, we are looking forward to that conversation. We serve families all around the world and can't wait to speak with you and, and, and talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC, here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call and book an appointment with our team. We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So to see if we can help you do the same, head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson. And we look forward to speaking to you soon.